The verses I wanted us to focus on this morning in Ephesians, with verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 15 down to 17. Let me read those words again just to remind us what we heard. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish but understand what the will of the Lord is. How many times recently have you said, wow, the week's gone already. You know, wow, where has that month gone? Where's that year gone? We say it a lot, don't we? Because time just flies by. Maybe you think and you look at your birthday coming up and you realise how old you will be and you think, dear me, where's it gone? Time just gallops along relentlessly, doesn't it? And everybody keeps telling me, the older you get, the quicker it goes. Yeah, and, and it's going quick now, so it's scary to think how quick, much quicker it's going to go. You know, and when we come to this passage, it is telling us this. Be careful how you use your time. Because we can waste it. We can squander it. And so God's word to us this morning is telling us this. Make the most of the time that you have. Today's passage is going to help us with that question. Well, how do we make the most of the time? How do we make the most of this time that we have that is so short and so precious and so fleeting? Well, let's look at these verses to help us. Remember what we've seen in Ephesians, chapter 1 to 3, we said, didn't we? That tells us all that God's done for us. Chapters 4 to 6 is telling us this now is how to live because you are safe in Jesus. He has saved you. You are rescued. So now live like this. So important for us to get that order right because so often we can think Christianity is about trying to be good and then maybe God will save us. But no, no, that is not it. God tells us this. You are saved if you're trusting in Jesus. You are safe. You are in Christ. Now live like it. Chapter 1 verse 5 says that those who trust in Jesus are children of God. So chapter 5 verse 1 makes sense, doesn't it? So be imitators of God, beloved children. You need to show the family resemblance now you are children of God. And so what does that mean? Well, God is love. God is light. And that's why in chapter 5 we saw many months ago now, but we saw verse 2 of chapter 5. If God is love, you're children of God walk in love show that love to others don't use other people but serve others put their needs before your own god is light and so we are told chapter 5 verse 8 you are the light of the world so walk as children of light don't walk in darkness but live in the light this is how we're told to walk and so paul now is saying look now we need to make the best use of the time that we have how can we make the best use of time well, here we're told in these three verses, we could be foolish with our time, or we can be wise with our time. We can, we can waste it, or we can use it for something that lasts. So when it comes to living wisely, making the best use of time, there's three things we need to know this morning from these verses. And I wanted us to pause, I was, as I said, I was going to look at all this uh, section together, but I think these verses in the time that we're in, with everything that's going on in the news with the Queen, these verses have something to say to us today, and I wanted us just to pause on these. And next week we'll look at what it means to be filled with the Spirit and how important uh, singing and encouraging each other through song is. But today, how do we make the best use of time? Three things. The first is this. Know your limits. Know your limits. Look at verse 16 with me. Making the best use of time. Now there's a few words that Paul could have used for time there and he's not meaning the passing of time. He's not talking about the clock 
time. He is talking about the time. The word there is used for a, an opportunity, a certain opportunity, a window of opportunity, a set event. So this is telling us, Paul is saying, look, you need to make the most of this window of opportunity that you have. There is a window of time that is limited and you need to not waste it. Another translation of this verse, maybe you're familiar with it, says this, redeem the time. And that redeem word is to you know, buy back the time. Don't waste it. Don't squander it. So what is this opportunity, this window of opportunity that we have? Well, as we've seen, the context is telling us, verse 1, to be imitators of God, to be light in a world of darkness, to show love in a world of selfishness, to serve others, to live for others, not just to live for ourselves. So we have an opportunity to shine the light of God's news and the gospel to those around us in this opportunity we have in this world of darkness that has ignored God. Remember where, we're talking, where Paul is talking to in Ephesus. This is a place and a, a city that, that didn't know about God. They were walking in worshiping the idol of Diana and they were um, walking in darkness, doing horrendous things in the name of this idol. And Paul is saying, you need to live as light. You need to live as love in the darkness around us. And, and in the place we live, in the culture we're living in, in a time that is ignoring God, that is telling us the Bible says we are, everybody is walking in darkness. So how are we to make the most of it? We need to remember our limits. Remember that this time is limited. There's so much, such a simple thing, but there's so much wisdom in it, isn't there? Remember the psalm that we started the service with, Psalm 90 says this. It's a, a psalm all about growing older and, um, and, and how God is eternal and we are not. And it begins with that passage I read at the start of the service. Lord, you've been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, you, um, or have ever formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God, you're unlimited. You've always been. You have no beginning, no end. But then the contrast is with us as humans. And he says this, the years of our life are 70, or even by reason of strength, 80. Sorry if some of you have seen past that time now. We need to thank God for his goodness to us in giving those days, isn't he? He says, look, we have a limited span of time. But soon they're gone, and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So, teach us to number our days that me, we may get a heart of wisdom. What's the key to kind of making the most of this time? Well, one thing is to remember that it is a limited time. Teach us, Lord, to number our days, to realize that there is an, a finite number of days we have in this window of opportunity, in this time that we have on this life. We met up with some friends over the summer, and one of them was reading um, a book on time management and how to use time well. And do you know what it was called? It was called 4,000 Weeks. 4,000 Weeks. That is what they've worked out as an average of people have um, on on earth. We have 4,000 weeks. And the idea, the premise of the whole book is it's a, it's a short time. You only have 4,000 Saturdays, 4,000 Sundays. And every time you have one, you have one less to go. So we need to um, make the most of that that we have, not just to fill it up with, with things, but actually to be wise with what we can take on. We're limited. And the subtitle of the book is this, Embrace Your Limits, Change Your Life. And it's a bestseller, book of the year and all the, the load of the newspapers. But you see, it has captured something because it's given wisdom that the Bible is telling us. Teach us to number our days. Teach us to remember that actually 
one day we will have our last Monday, our last Saturday. When we remember these things, it changes it, doesn't it? It changes how we view life. When we remember our limits, we remember our time is short. Now, the book of Ecclesiastes we looked at a couple of years ago now, and it was full of this kind of thinking. It was telling us to live our life backwards. Remember the end and live in the light of that. And listen to these words, just to remind you, from Ecclesiastes 7. And this has something to say to us for this moment that we're in as a country at the moment. A good name is better than precious ointment, the day of death than the day of birth. It's better to go to the house of mourning than go to the house of feasting. For this is the end of all mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of face the heart is made glad. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. Now it sounds very morbid, what's going on there. Do you hear those words? The day of death better than a day of birth. The house of mourning is better than the house of feasting. The heart of the wise is in the house of the mourning, but the heart of the fools is in the house of mirth. What's he saying here? Well, let me quote what one commentator says. The day of death is better than the day of birth, not because death is better than life, it's not, but because a coffin is a better preacher than a cot. When life ends, or is about to end, absolutely everything else comes into focus. The things that don't really matter, by which we give so much time to, now seem empty and pointless. The lives we touched and the generosity we showed and the love we gave or received now mean so much more. We are in a culture that wants to ignore and erase death. We don't want to think about it. We want to ignore it. We don't want to deal with it. And so our life is full of distractions. From the moment we wake up till the moment we go to sleep, we can distract our minds from the big questions of life. And so isn't it quite something that at the moment we've seen a woman who most of us have been, she's been around for all of our lives in this position and now she's not there. And it is reminding us all, death is real. We are finite. Whether you have the millions and the riches and the thrones and the homes and the palaces and the crowns that the queen has, or you have nothing, there is a day coming when it'll be our last. And so if we grasp what the Bible is telling us, then there is more to learn from the queen's death than there is from the celebrations of her jubilee. As we gaze on, and you can watch her coffin 24 hours a day at the moment on the BBC, can't you? There is more to learn from that than there is from the celebrations of a few months ago. We can gain more wisdom from the Queen's funeral than we can from the, the party and the celebrations of a jubilee. See, in a culture that ignores death, we're in a moment that is quite profound because we can't escape it. We can't escape it. Because the rest of our lives, don't we live as if it doesn't exist? So often we can ignore it until it comes encroaching in. And, and our culture is quite unique in that because many other times over the centuries, death was much more obvious. But now we kind of sanitise it. We try and ignore it and we distract ourselves from it. We need to deal with, with that and think of it and live in the light of it. If we remember one day it will be our funeral, it brings everything into sharp focus, doesn't it? Doesn't that help us deal with priorities? When you're thinking, what's important in life? Let's remember our days are limited. 
let's use that to help us to ask deep and profound questions, not ignore them. Let's use that to help us to, not to try and fit everything in, but to realise that we can only take so much on. Let's keep eternity in mind. Martin Luther was a 16th century reformer. And this is one of what he said about these, these things. He said this, there are only two days on my calendar, today and that day. There are only two days on my calendar, today and that day. I don't think that's literal. <laughs> it was a very, just one page calendar would be quite convenient, wouldn't it? But his idea is this, I'm living now and I'm remembering that day, the day where I go, go to be with Jesus. That's how I live with that in mind. And if we want to live in wisdom, not as unwise, but as wise, we need to, Paul is telling us and reminding us here, make the best use of this time, of this opportunity, of the window of time that we have. Seize it. Now, have you forgotten that? Have you been distracted by so many other things that you've forgotten our time is limited? Well, God's word to us this morning is a reminder to us to say, come on, let this shape your life and your priorities. How much time have we wasted on other things? And maybe you're here this morning and you're not a Christian. And as you think on these things, it's uncomfortable. Because if you're honest, you're scared. You are fearful to think through your death, your funeral. And you're scared because it's unknown, it's dark and, and scary. But the Bible doesn't leave us in darkness and fear. No, the Bible says, no, there is help here, there is comfort. This isn't the end. There is more to come. There is something else. And we need somebody who has been there to help us. And that's the great hope of the gospel, isn't it? Jesus died and he's been there and he's come back and he says, I can help you. I'm the only one who's done it. There's no one else who's been there who can help you. Only me. And so Jesus comes. And he comes to this world and he knows he's going to die. He dies in order that we won't have to fear death. He has conquered it. So don't put off thinking about death. With Jesus in mind, we don't have to be fearful of it because he's dealt with it. And he says, I've conquered it. I've beaten it. Trust in me. Put your hand in my hand and we'll go through it together. And you'll come out the other side. Because one day you will rise again if you're trusting in Jesus. This isn't the end. So turn to him today. Don't put him off. Not to be too morbid, or, but this could be our last Sunday. It could be. It could be the last chance that Jesus offers his hand and says, trust in me before it's too late. Remember our limits. Remember our time is short. Let's live in the light of eternity. How do we make the most of our lives? How do we live in wisdom? The first thing is know your limits. The second is this, know your location. Look at verse 15. Look carefully how you walk, not as wise, but as not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time, because the days are evil. So there is a command here: be careful how you walk. Now you know what it is to if you're on a, a in a situation where you're in a um, maybe you're high up on a if you've climbed a mountain and you you know that one side there's a big drop and you need to be careful. You need to walk carefully. We were talking to Sally earlier, you need to walk carefully because you know that you can stumble, you can fall. So we need to pay attention, not just kind of um, forget about the dangers that are around us. But the problem is we don't always live and walk carefully, do we? 
We don't pay attention to what's around us. It's just, life can just be like a conveyor belt. We kind of get on and we just get swept along with everything, the, the busyness that it is, and suddenly we realise the years and years and years have gone by. And what have we done? But the warning is here that we need to be careful because the days are evil. So the world around us doesn't acknowledge God, doesn't acknowledge the, the truth of eternity. It is telling us this is all you have. There's nothing more. It is telling us that God doesn't care, you know, there is no God and, and they're in darkness. So for a moment, we need to remember today, God is true and real. The light of his word is so important for us to listen to. And instead of um, just going along with the flow, we need to be careful because we can waste the opportunity we have if we just go with the flow. If we don't think and if we're not careful, we can squander the opportunity. So as we've seen, the, the context of chapter 5 is live in the light, not in darkness. We're called to shine in lights to those around us, to hold out the message of hope that we have, that, the, that this life isn't the end, that there is more, and we've got to think about that. We've got to live in the light of that. We have a great opportunity to share the light and the hope of God. And we don't have to ignore it. We don't have to put off the inevitable because Jesus has dealt with our biggest fear. But if we're not careful, we can throw it all away. We can squander it all away. So here we're being told, be careful, look carefully how you walk. There are so many things around us that, um, that tell us this is what's important. This is what it's all about. And if we don't, if we're not careful, we'll just get distracted and swept up and we'll realise, oh, I've just wasted all that time on this and now for what? Muhammad Ali, you've all heard of him, sure. If you haven't, he was uh, the world's best boxer. Very confident in his own ability and strength uh, and everybody was just in awe of him, really. But uh, when he'd finished, when he'd retired from boxing, um, somebody went to interview him from Sports Illustrated magazine and they, he was taking them around where he lived and he took him to his training barn and in this barn apparently there were posters on the wall of him in his prime. You know, arms up with his belt on, um, celebrating, rejoicing how, how powerful he was. And yet when you looked at these posters, the writer was saying, they were covered in bird droppings from the barn. And so one by one he, would walk, he walked around these pictures and he just turned them around the other way. And outside, he walked outside and uh, he was saying this to himself, I had the world and it wasn't nothing. I had the world and it wasn't nothing. He spent all his life with that in mind. He got everything he dreamed of and he says, oh, there's nothing. See, we can be the greatest in our field, but it doesn't last. You can have everything the world can offer and it doesn't satisfy if we live just listening to the voices around us and ignore the wisdom of God, we'll be swept up and our lives will go and we'll think for what? Apparently in the doorway of the cathedral in Milan, there are three inscriptions over these three arches. The first one is this carved this beautiful wreath of roses and underneath it says this, all that which pleases is but for a moment. The next arch is sculpted across, and on, those, uh, on that arch it says these words, all that which troubles us is but for a moment. And then the third arch, the main arch on your way in, it says this, that only is important which is eternal. Our struggles will come and go, our, our best moments will come and go, but what will last is that which is eternal. 
Didn't Jesus himself say in the Sermon on the Mount, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If we want to make the most of our lives, if we don't want to waste time, we need to know our limits, that our time will come to an end, but we need to know our location as well, which is we need to be careful. Careful with what we live for. Does this mean we can't be a success in things? Well, not at all. But we do that with the awareness that this is limited. With the awareness that this won't satisfy. This isn't what all life is about. No, we work our hardest and our best. We'll see that as we think about life as, as work as a Christian later in the chapter. We'll try our best for Jesus. But that isn't what life is all about. We live for what is eternal. Because this time is passing. Be careful what our influence is. Be careful what we're living for. And focus on eternity. Romans 12 tells us this. Besides this, you know the time. That the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is near to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armour of light. Wake up. Be careful. Be sober. You know, get yourselves thinking. Don't just go along with the flow. Don't just get on that conveyor belt and realise when you when let life's end, what have I lived for? Remember our location. There's distractions all around and we need to be careful. Not walking wisely or walking foolishly means that we just listen mindlessly to what's going on around us. Maybe as you uh, look at your life, you look on this last week or this last month, on this last year, you think, have I just wasted it? Maybe you look back and think of your whole life. You've seen what others have accomplished and you think, well, what have I got to show? You know, again, there is hope in Christ today. The great news of uh, the gospel is that we are resurrection people. So that means that Jesus died. He rose again. And he promises that everybody who trusts in him will rise again as well, just as he rose again. But we're not going to rise again to live in this world, which is broken and rotting. No, we're going to be brought back to life in a world made new. In that glorious vision in uh, Revelation 21, where there's no more sickness or dying or pain or struggles. It'll be a perfect world. So this world, but made new. This world without the rubbish. And those who trust in Jesus, that's the life we're promised. Do you see the, what, what impact that should have on our lives? This is how um, Michael Lotz put it. He was a friend who was a, an evangelist. He wrote a book about these kind of things. He said this, Many of us frantically live life trying to cram in as much as we can before we get too old to enjoy it. But if the Christian story is true, then there's no reason why I need to do them all before I die. In the new world that God makes, out of, uh, makes, nothing good will be lost. In fact, it'll be even better. All that is good about this world will be redeemed and we won't miss out. So you might think, oh, but I haven't travelled. We can have eternity to travel the world. Oh, but I haven't done this experience. I haven't, I haven't swam with dolphins. I haven't seen the, the lions. In we have eternity to go and experience all of these things. Maybe there's regrets in your life of time that's been wasted, not through things of your fault, but just through the ways and circumstances of life. And you think, well, I haven't done that. I haven't done... We have eternity with Jesus to enjoy his new creation. Live in the liberty of that. So we give this life to serving others, to seeking how to honour others. We enjoy the gifts God gives us, but we know it's okay. This isn't all we have, because there's more. 
We're resurrection people. So let's live in the light of it. So how do we make the most of our lives? We need to know our limits. We need to know our location, the distractions, and, the, and to be careful not to just be swept up with what everybody around us tells us is important, but be careful. But the last thing we need is this. We need to know your Lord. Know your limits, your location, and know your Lord. So as we remember our limits, we remember our window of opportunity has a limited time. We have a limited number of days. There's distractions all around us that might uh, tell us to do things which are a waste of time. So where do we turn? If, there's, um, if we're in the days of evil and we need to be careful, who do we listen to? Whose voice do we need to listen out for to help us? Well, this is where we turn to verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. We need to know God's will. We need to know what he wants. He's the one who loves us. He's the one who wants us to know what's best to do and how to live. Do you remember Psalm 1 tells us this? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Blessed is the man who walks not in this counsel, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. Its leaf doesn't wither, and all he does, he prospers. When we listen to God's voice, where do we turn for that? We turn to his word. That's where he speaks to us. That's where he talks to us. This is where we know that he is unchanging, just like God's word is unchanging. Come to him and say, God, talk to us. Speak to us. Let me hear your will. Let me hear your voice. So we need to hear his wisdom. And here's the challenge, isn't it? Are we listening? There's so many voices all around us. So many things that distract us. And are we letting God speak into our lives? How does he speak to us? Well, he speaks to us through these times together as we sing songs, as we encourage each other, as we come to the Bible to hear him speak. He speaks to us as we talk to one another throughout the week and try and encourage each other. He speaks to us as we listen to God's word or read God's word on our own. Are we listening to him? Are we letting him influence our lives? If you imagine you've got headphones on, and one side of the headphones is the influence of, of the, the, the evil days, the darkness around us, and the other side is God's will, which volume is louder? Which volume is louder in your life? So easy, isn't it? If we don't do anything, it's automatically that the sound of the distractions of the world will just get louder and louder, and we'll hear nothing of God's will. So we need to pray, God, help me to turn the volume up on your word and your will and your ways to hear and listen to you. That's what we need to see. He's saying, isn't he here, in verse 17, know, understand the will of the Lord. How do we not waste? How do we know what's important? Understand his will. And when we see that, we'll see that God doesn't say, so that's it, you can't enjoy this world and you have to just, um, just you know, suffer your way through it. No, he says, enjoy life. This is my gift to you. Enjoy laughter and friend and food and, and, and fun. Enjoy that. Serve others, love others. As you give of your life, you will see your life will be filled and satisfied in a way that just serving yourself won't be. We need to follow God's ways. Listen to his word. But, you know, knowing that we need to listen to God's will isn't enough, is it? Because I'm sure that most of us could say, well, I know the answer is I need to listen to God's word. I need to um, hear from him more. But the problem is, sometimes I just don't want to. My heart just seems so cold and distant. I just don't want to listen to him. I don't want to do his things, the things that he wants. And I'm just so easily distracted by other things. 
how do we want, how do we fight that battle i think to close there's a few things we need to do the first is this remember that god is the one who made us and he loves us and he knows how we work best he knows what is best for us and so when we come to follow his ways we are entering into what we were created for remember the illustration of a beached whale why is a beached whale so sad well, because it wasn't meant to be on the beach and it is dying there because it is meant to swim in the depths of the ocean that's where it's free it's not free on the beach it's free in the depths of the sea in the same way when we are outside a relationship with god going our own way we're like a beached whale flapping around struggling for air not living as life was intended but when we enter into god's will even though we might think that seems restrictive actually that is the path to freedom that is the path to knowing what life is all about when we realize that in our minds god knows i need to listen to him and even when it goes against everything that my uh, culture uh, is telling me god knows what's best not only does he know what's best but he loves you dearly we need to hold those two things together don't we he knows what's best but he loves you remember what paul says here understand what the will of the lord is in the garden of gethsemane jesus was praying to his father wasn't he before he went to the cross he was in agony and he knew that the cross was coming he knew that there he was going to bear the weight of my sin and your sin he was going to bear that and the weight of our guilt on the cross and so he prayed to his father father if you be willing take this cup away yet not my will but yours be done jesus love for you drove him to the cross and so his will became the will of his will of the father became his will too it says and he went to the cross and his will was to give up his life for you so that you could gain your life and as we look on that as we remember what jesus did then we see of course he loves me as we come to listen to his word this is coming from the voice of a one who loves you dearly and who says don't go your own way follow me see the things that vie for our attention all around us the idols of our heart they promise everything they'll give you the world but then they leave us empty jesus promises us everything and gave us his life he stopped at nothing for us to be saved so this morning we recalibrate we come back to jesus and say jesus i want to follow you because your ways are best and because you love me and i can trust the motives of your heart we're surrounded by darkness surrounded by people who tell us otherwise but we come to the truth of jesus today help me to shine a light for you in this days of opportunity that we have if you're not a christian this morning please remember this morning your your days are limited it's not nice to think about but there is wisdom when we grasp that truth because it helps us to ask those big questions it helps us to see that i need to make sure i've prepared for everything else in life have i prepared for that day this day and that day am i ready because jesus can make it sure that we are because he's dealt with our biggest fear and he loves us dearly and as we trust in him we follow him and we live life in its fullness so please today let's remember that god calls us to be careful how we live be careful with the use of our time let's know that we have a limited time know your limits know your location there's distractions all around let's be careful to come and know the lord and his voice speaking into our life let's pray together as we uh, come before we sing our last hymn lord 
we know that hearing things like this is very sobering. We know, Lord, that thinking about our uh, last day on this earth is a scary thing to think about on many levels. But we pray, Lord, would you help us and teach us to number our days to give us a life of wisdom. Again, Lord, we pray for our nation. We pray for our family and our friends as um, our, our thoughts are so much on death over these last few days. We pray that there will be much wisdom from this and that we uh, would have opportunity to tell people of Jesus and the hope that he gives us in the face of death. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing 